Hi, I'm Trista. I'm Sam. And I'm Lexi. You probably don't care what I think, but I think The Watcher was not a scam. So today I'm going to take you through an unsolved mystery that I first heard on BuzzFeed Unsolved. It's very creepy. I did not enjoy it. It made me feel unsafe in my own home. But it's about Derek and Maria. They bought their dream home, 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey, in June of 2014. Just days after they closed on their $1.3 million home, they received a creepy letter. Keep in mind, they had not moved in yet as they were doing renovations. Where did they get their money? Do you know? Um, They claimed that it was just an American dream. Like, he just, they worked hard. They apparently bought multiple houses, which is where they get the scam part of this. But Mm. the letter in the mailbox was addressed the new owner in clunky handwriting. It was typed and started nicely. It said, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. So that sounds pretty nice. Like, maybe you're going to get cookies or something. I don't know. Yeah, the welcoming committee. Yeah. I don't like neighbors. (laughs) Well... They weren't very, whoever this was, was not very neighborly. The letter quickly took a turn and continued. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. That's super creepy. Yeah. Um, it only gets worse. It, it's just, it's a downhill slope, really. This first letter also included details such as the Broadduses, that's their last name, Derek and Marie Broaddus. It included details about their minivan and the workers renovating the home. The writer was unhappy about the renovations. The letter writer also mentions that they knew that the Broadduses had children. And that they had seen them. We don't know if it's a he or she, so I might say he or they. Do you know if the, was the child, like, young enough to be living there? Or? They did not live there yet. They actually never ended up moving in because of all of this. But the children were 5, 8, and 10, I believe. The writer also knew that there was three children and went on to say, Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Okay. I would not have moved there just like them. Also, I probably wouldn't have moved there if a neighbor wrote me a nice letter. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I might have burned the place down at this point. Yeah, no. And it it just keeps getting worse. The envelope had no return address and went on to taunt, saying... Who am I? There are hundreds of cars that drive by. Maybe I'm in one. Or maybe I'm in one of the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Or maybe I am one of the people strolling by. Whoever wrote this letter was really obsessed with the address. Right. That's what I thought. I think he definitely has something to go into play with how many times he's specifying or... Right, and this is a rich neighborhood, and they claimed that this town was like Mayberry, like, it's just the ideal town, and this was like the suburb, like, if you lived on the boulevard, you had it made. 
The letter concluded, Welcome, my friends, welcome, let the party begin. And it was signed in a cursive font, The Watcher. Which, The Watcher, doesn't that just give you, like, the most eerie feeling? Like, Super oh. creep. Chills. Was Yuck. the movie The Strangers based on this? No, but a lot of places wanted to buy the rights to this for a movie. But they didn't sell it. That's how you know it's real. But, okay, the... <laughs> The only um, person that was there at the time was Derek, the husband. He was the one who read the letter, and it was after 10 p.m. that he read this letter, and he immediately ran in the house, turned off all the lights, and called the police, as any normal person would, I think. The officer came and read the letter and asked about if he had any enemies. There really wasn't much that went on after that, though. Where did they live before they moved? So, I actually... Don't know. I just know that it was like a $700,000 house before that and then like a $300,000 house before that. But like, in the same town? Well, state? okay. The wife, Maria, used to live in this town. Like this was her hometown. So I think that's the reason she wanted to move back. Gotcha. This was her hometown. But I don't think they lived there before this. So not necessarily someone that might know them. Right. No. I don't think so. After the police officer came and went, Derek rushed back to his wife and kids in the home they were currently living in. Derek and Maria wrote an email to the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods, to ask if they knew who the Watcher might be as the Watcher referenced them in the letter. Andrea replied the next morning saying they received a letter a few days before moving out. They said they had never received a letter before this in the 23 years they lived there. Andrea said the letter was odd, but that they threw it out without much thought. Basically, it wasn't as creepy as the letter that the Broadduses got. John and Andrea did go to the police station with Maria that day, though, and Detective Leonard Lugo told Maria not to tell anyone about the letters, including her new neighbors, as they were all suspects. After this, the Broadduses were on high alert. Derek canceled the work trip, and if Maria took the kids to the new home, she would yell their names if they wandered into a corner of the yard, basically paranoid that somebody was watching them or listening to them or any of the above. She shouldn't have been yelling their names then. Well, (laughs) the same thing. She should have made up some fake names or something. Well, yep, that comes into play. Of course it does. (laughs) Some strange things happened during those weeks as well. Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, which I kind of thought was weird because if they weren't supposed to be even really discussing anything with the neighbors, why would you be giving them a tour? But anyways, he did, and he froze when the wife, who he was giving the tour to, used the term young blood. The general contractor saw one morning that a heavy sign he hammered into the front yard was ripped out, and as you can imagine, there was another letter. Two weeks after the first letter arrived. Maria stopped by the house to look at paint samples and there in the mailbox was another letter. This time the watcher addressed them as Mr. and Mrs. Broadus and boasted about how much he or she had learned about the family. The watcher knew the children's nicknames as well as oldest to youngest. These nicknames were the ones Maria had yelled during one of the visits to the house. The letter also mentioned one child that the watcher had seen painting inside the enclosed porch. The letter went on to say, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? 
I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. What is he planning? For I real? Would never move in. Ever. I mean, I don't even like my neighbors now, and they're my parents. <laughs> I was thinking, the way their person's writing it, it's like they want an answer. But how would you answer when you don't even know who they are? It's one of those narcissist people that know the answer to their questions they are asking and they just want to be you know confirmed in what they're asking that's true also i think it's some creepy like homeowners association that plays some weird game with new tenants Ooh, the old hoa (laughs) anyway this creep show goes on to say all of the windows and doors in 657 boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house who am i I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. So they're saying that they got the last owner to sell the house, but didn't the last owner say they only got one nice letter? It wasn't necessarily a nice letter. It was a few days before the Broadduses were going to move in, like, or not move in, start their renovations. The Woods got this letter, and they said it was odd, but it wasn't, like, scary or threatening or, like, I'm watching you. It was more just weird, and they just threw it away. Is what they said. I feel like they could be lying and actually all the same things were happening to them because that's usually what happens in every, even like haunting, you know, stories and stuff like that. The old tenants want to sell their house. And I mean, don't tell them about the insane things that go on. $1.3 million. It's not like it was like, you know, (laughs) a cheap home or anything. They They wanted their money and wanted out. Right. And a lot of states don't have laws where you have to disclose previous activities like death on the property or... Which in New Jersey, you did not have to disclose that because they they did try to go for a lawsuit. After this, Derek and Maria stopped bringing their children to the house, as any smart parent would. I probably never would have brought my own children that I don't have to... A creepy house where I'm getting creepy letters. They were no longer sure if they would move in. Smart move. No longer sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think day I mean, one I'd have been pretty sure about that. I mean, it was their dream home, though. I think maybe they hoped that, like, it was some sick prank and then... Sounds would... a little more like a nightmare. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, they did say that this caused Derek a lot of depression and it caused Maria a lot of PTSD... Like, she was going to therapy for it. They were having nightmares. Like, they didn't tell their kids right away that this was happening. Like, And it still was a possibility to move in. I'm starting to blame them a little bit. <laughs> so after they decided they weren't moving in, a third letter did come, and it was asking where they had gone to and that 657 Boulevard was missing them. Which, where had, or were they just not going there for an extended period of time, or was it just like a couple I, 
Yeah, I think they just kind of, like, I think maybe they were keeping renovations up because that kind of plays into another theory that the, the scam part of the theory is that, like, they kept renovating it even though they weren't moving in. So, here are the theories. Theory number one involves the Langfords. Peggy Langford, who was in her 90s, lived with several of her adult children who were in their 60s. According to neighbors, they were odd but harmless. One of the younger Langfords, Michael, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia and did not work a job, became a prime suspect. Okay. The Lang- all sorry, but all of the people that are odd but harmless are always the serial killers. For Just sure. saying. <laughs> well, and like, okay, the letters, they seem like they could have been written by someone with schizophrenia, right? I don't think it's odd to suspect that. Well, this will help even more in the case of Michael. The Langford's house was right next to the easel on the porch, and they had lived there since the 1960s when the watcher claimed his father watched 657 Boulevard. But, of course, this is still an unsolved thing, so there's some holes in the theories. Detective Lugo had already brought Michael in for questioning after the first letter, and he denied knowing anything about the letters. And after having no hard evidence, the police chief said, there's not much the department can do about this situation. There wasn't really anything to go on. Derek and Maria then began their own investigation. Obviously, they have so much trauma, and they thought they were going to move into this beautiful home, their dream home in Maria's hometown, and here they are with this nightmare. So Derek set up webcams and hid in the dark waiting to catch the watcher. They also hired a private investigator and reached out to a couple former FBI agents. They really looked into how the letters were written, which pointed to an older writer. Obviously, it's kind of written weird and bizarre. I thought that when you said the Langford, Mrs. Langford, right? Is that the last name? Peggy. Peggy, she was 90. Yep. I felt like a letter that was creepy but sounded the way it did, sounded like it came from someone who was older and interested in, you know, keeping her house or her neighborhood the way she wanted it. You know, that is a good theory because they did go on to discover, they ruled out all the Langsfords later on, but they discovered a female DNA on the stamp, I believe, and it didn't match the sister Langford, which we haven't talked about her yet, but her name was Abby, and it didn't match her, and it didn't match Maria, the wife, which everybody thought this was a scam, or most people thought it was a scam. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. The FBI agents in the private eye also suggested looking into former housekeepers or descendants because of this section of the letter. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. So that's pretty weird. Yeah. So basically, I mean, it feels like this person is claiming to say that they lived there at one time or they at least stayed there or maybe played with the children there. I don't know. Maybe the dad was like a butler and 
brought his kids with to work? It was a in a fancy neighborhood, a fancy house. Yes. And if she felt a sort of connection to it because of what the watcher, her father, was in charge of something there, and maybe she had some sort of mental illness or something that caused her to be attached to the house. Right. Because of her dad and she thought he was the watcher of it and so that made her continue on with it right Mm. that's that is not a bad theory at all so to try to um draw out the langfords the broadduses in cooperation with the police sent a letter to the langfords announcing plans to tear down the house hoping to get a response which they never did but they were hoping like that would draw it out or that would make one of them freak out and claim that they are the watcher. Michael Langsford was brought in for a second interview, but the detective got nothing from it. And Michael's sister, Abby, who I mentioned earlier, accused the police of harassing the Langsford family. How old were all these kids that still lived with uh, their 90-year-old okay. mother? Yeah, they were in their 60s, which doesn't that seem also odd? Pretty weird. Okay, and here we go. The second theory is Derek and Maria did this themselves. Plenty of neighbors, and honestly a lot of the town, thought they had gotten in over their heads with the money aspect of the house. Six months after the letters arrived, they put the house up for sale for more than they paid after they had put money into the renovations of the $1.3 million home. They had some interested, and they intended to show any interested the full letters. They wanted to disclose that information. You know, they were trying to be honest about it, which at the time they had only shown police and some friends and family. Like, it was supposed to be kept secret while they worked on suspects but it kind of felt like the police gave up no one even got to the reading of the letters part though even after the broadduses lowered the price like everybody it started to be known as like the creepy house on the street which is sad because apparently it was a beautiful house i think once you get in a certain amount of people who can afford houses like those houses too if the price is lowered too much I think the people in that neighborhood who would usually want to be in that neighborhood, you know, might think something's really wrong with it if the price is down compared to the rest of the houses in the neighborhood. Well, they had tried to charge more than what they paid at first. Nobody really took the bait. Then they lowered it. Still, nobody really took the bait. And then... So this was all happening in 2014. And the Broadduses filed a legal complaint in 2015 against the Woodses for not disclosing the letter they had received. Derek and Maria claimed they wanted to reach a quiet settlement as their kids still did not know of the Watcher. Oh, and in the meantime, I forgot to mention that um, Derek, Maria, and their kids were living with Maria's parents through this because they had sold their old home and were, like, going to renovate and move in and then this happened. So they were just living with Maria's parents. But anyway, the quiet settlement didn't last long. A local reporter found the complaint and the story went viral. They got more than 300 media requests, but they did not want to speak publicly. With news vans all around the house, they left Westfield and went to a friend's beach house. These letters had really affected the Broaddus' mental health, which I had mentioned, the PTSD, the depression, the just trauma that they went through reading these letters. Um, the Broadduses wanted then to tear down the house because nobody was taking the bait of buying it. I mean, they were pretty stuck in this situation. What were they going to do by tearing down the house? Because then they still have 
the lot. Okay, this is what they were going to sell the lot. This is what they were going to do. They were going to split it into two properties, but the lots would be just shy of the 70 feet mandate that was in that town. So they were going to split the lots and put up two houses and then sell each lot individually. But the planning board met in January of 2017 and more than 100 residents showed up to fight the proposal and ultimately the board rejected the proposal even though sketchily they had just approved somebody a bigger... Each of their lots would have only been like three feet under the mandate and they had just... Like later on after they absolutely rejected this one, they approved one that was a greater amount. So I don't... I'm telling you, creepy homeowners association... That's playing some game and wanting to murder children. (laughs) Maybe not murder children, but wanting maybe to get the property for themselves. Something is going on in that town where they're all in it together against that property, that house, something. But it is also just a little bit suspicious that the Broadduses didn't want to talk to the media and didn't want to really tell their story. But maybe that was part of the trauma, too. And also, I mean, a lot of people, when you come out with stories like that, they start digging into your life and then start blaming you for things. And all of a sudden, you know, it's the husband cheating on his wife with and it's his lover. And then the kids get involved. And I can see wanting to stay out of the public eye also that's true the skeletons do come out of the closet well there's some good news for the broadduses because not long after the proposal a family with grown children and two large dogs wanted to rent the property so they weren't now sitting with an empty house that they renovated and put all this money to at least something is good is happening for them there was a clause in the lease that let them out if there was another letter well Imagine that. Two weeks later, a letter showed up, starting, Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Somebody's angry. Yeah. I, wench. It is definitely a 90-year-old lady. <laughs> I, I have my doubts on this one. I'm unsure if this was actually the same watcher. I almost think, like, after the media frenzy of it, somebody might have just did this just because. Oh, people definitely do that it's like a copycat but yeah and this one this letter was more angry than the others and it claimed my soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a t they carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 boulevard with my orders all hail the watcher i feel like all hail the watcher is a little much like a little just just i mean a little tiny bit a little weird i'm not sure about that but that's definitely does have a different undertone to it from the other letters for sure right like the other ones were angry but they they didn't necessarily like come out and say you're a wench they were more <laughs> ominous and creepy this one's just like now you've made me mad yeah well Which, if it was someone else they did their homework though because it does have the same ring to it and the same verbiage but it definitely does sound like it's coming from someone else that's true which also makes me think about the neighbors being, like, multiple neighbors being involved in this because then it's like, okay, they also knew that the soldiers of the boulevard saved it from being torn down. H-O-A. 
<laughs> or the Langfords, because there's several of them in the house. Maybe, like, Granny was writing all the letters, but then Michael just got real angry at the end. You know, not... Well, here's here's how uh, the letter continued. Basically, that revenge would be taken by any of these things. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. So I kind of feel like this person is just going to like prey on any misfortune that happens to this family and just claim that it was them. But Right, if a kid gets in a, you know, a little bike crash, then are they going to be right there saying, watch your back and causing more trauma and pain to the parents that they always feel like something's going to happen to their children or them. Right. It's also pretty weird because these letters started out more just kind of a creepy I'm watching you feel and now it's like I'm coming for you. Yeah. Right. When did the watcher turn into the herder? Yeah. <laughs> the punisher. The herder. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, he, he or she... Definitely got um, more aggressive if it was the same person. Anyway, the renter was spooked, but agreed to stay as long as the Broadduses installed cameras. I don't know if I'd be staying there. No way. No. Uh, I No, actually, I know I wouldn't be staying there. Actually, I would have sold the house after the first letter. I'm not going to lie. I get spooked pretty easy, so I'd be like, ah, well, that's a wash. Done with that. So anyway, in our little fake Mayberry town. Derek and Maria were pretty much outcasts after this. Like, their kids were teased in school. The whole ordeal caused them a lot of trauma, and on top of people feeling like it was all a get-rich scam, they truly were, like, unliked. They felt like anywhere they went, there was, like, judging eyes of, like, these people just thinking, like, oh, they did this so that they could sell the story to the media and the movies, and or that, oh, they'll just sell this house for more. I mean, people were not very nice to them at all. Like, they got a lot of hate on the internet and in real life. I feel like it's so risky to be like, buy a $1.3 million yes, house. Yes, $1.3 million. And have a plan to possibly sell it for more. It's like you do that with a $40,000 house and try to flip it. You not don't... to mention, the Broadduses were also paying, like, an insane amount of property tax as well like it's not even like oh it was 1.3 million dollars and then that was it then they did all these renovations plus the property tax and they weren't even living there i think a big contributor to like derek's depression is like they bought this they did all this work and then they didn't live there yet he like had to shovel the driveway keep the lawn mowed because it was that kind of neighborhood like the homeowners association yeah yes 100%. i'm sticking with it <laughs> so anyway derek kind of became fed up and he ended up sending several anonymous letters to the families who were the most vocal in criticizing them and i believe this was on christmas eve he put some letters in mailboxes and they weren't very nice but it was basically like just defending his family but he signed him a friend of the broadduses there is a third suspect, but this one doesn't hold much water, but it's okay. It was determined that the letter had female DNA, which we talked about, and it was not Maria's, which would then make you think, like, okay, Maria and Derek didn't do this, but 
you know, there's still people. Anyway, one night, detectives sat in the back of a van and watched the house. Around 11 p.m., a car stopped long enough for it to be suspicious. They traced the car to a young woman whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. This woman said her boyfriend was into dark video games and claims in a video game he played a specific character called The Watcher. This boyfriend agreed to come in for an interview two separate times but never showed up. There was not enough evidence for him to be brought in either, so it was dropped. And that's all I have on that. Not even a name, just that... I think it would be a little disappointing. I mean... Maybe not for them, but for everyone else, like, you want it to almost be something creepier than some, you know, 22-year-old playing a video game that wanted to be like that. But at the same time, that is... Well, I just don't think that that one holds a lot of water because how would this dude know all this stuff? It's not just that, oh, the Watcher, so creepy, like... They said things that held true. I mean, the poor daughter that got creeped on while she was painting in the enclosed porch. Like, that's creepy. Well, and even knowing about them before they really came to town, because it is pretty easy to find information on people on the internet, though. Which, that's what a lot of the neighbors said was, oh, well, Maria's not that concerned. She has her children's pictures on her Facebook, and that's easily seen and stuff. But I don't know. I don't know about that. It's kind of interesting with this, too, because it's so recent. Oh, yeah, it's very recent. And actually, they just sold their house. I'm going to look up the date quick. I think that if it was, you know, the boyfriend of that, they must have been young. I mean, if we think about it, maybe since he's in a rich neighborhood, maybe he's living with his parents and he doesn't have to have a job. Maybe he plays a lot of video games. Maybe he gets bored and is creeping on them. I mean, how and hard is it to find his bo- people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at the movie Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's... Like, he's on house arrest and he, I mean, yeah, we he found a serial killer. But really, he was a stalker. He was being a watcher to the girl, the neighbors, everyone. He knew everyone's routine, you know, everything. It could have been something similar you make a good point you make a good point and with google i mean i could find out who lived there in the 60s and tell you all about so the house actually sold in july of 2019 and they took a loss they only got paid nine hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars so i mean they took a pretty good loss yeah a decent loss on that and that's why I just don't think it's them. Like, all these people in this town being so mean to them and, like, claiming this was all a scam, they didn't even make any money from this. And I don't think you can really, like, fake PTSD to a therapist. Maria truly went to a therapist about it. Well, and I can attest that it is pretty creepy to have someone send you a letter and talk about you in it because this actually happened to me in 2013. I was living in an apartment with five guys. Don't think I'm weird or anything. I was actually engaged and moving out. And a couple of the guys had gotten girlfriends and they were kind of coming back and forth. And one day, one of the guys got a letter at his work. And it was super creepy. And then we got like three or four more, maybe even more than that. And they would talk about like, we saw you with your girlfriend on the front step. 
and she was in her little mini skirt and you guys are having parties and drugs and hookers and it was weird and it was pretty creepy i was moving out so i wasn't as creeped out but we did go to the police and there was just really nothing they could do and that's the thing that's hard about stuff like this is because when you send something in a letter there's just no way to trace it there's really no paper trail i mean you can tell where like the area it came from but if it's in your same town i mean how do you ever prove who it was and ours were definitely written in some weird handwriting so it wasn't like you could even match that up and to be honest i'm kind of shocked that they investigated this as deeply as they did because for ours they were like we can't find who did this so unless it keeps happening and you find something to tie it to someone like you're basically sol well and i think that the police didn't do as much work as like the broadus is hiring a private investigator and hiring their own people to look into it and doing their own amount of things i feel like they did more work on their own which also if this was them trying to sell a movie i don't think you'd be hiring all these people you're already down all this money and then you're gonna hire people to figure it out If that's the case, then they really did real deep work to get this scam right. I really don't think the Broadduses did it or made it for any, you know, the scam, anything like that. I don't think it was. I I actually, I mean, for movie purposes, I think it's a homeowners association that got together, like, in the purge type of thing. Well, the neighbors really didn't. It seems like the neighbors just, like, absolutely did not like them did not believe their story like they were very quick to like push down everything that they wanted to do with the house it seemed like they were all over that and like that any idea that they had for the property was bad or so maybe it was just like all the neighbors on this boulevard just really hated the new people also i'm kind of into the weird video game boyfriend (laughs) i think like, he's just the loner stalker creepy yeah, dude? He I don't was know. Bored. That old lady seems suspicious, if you ask Well, me. the whole family, really. I mean, Michael not having a job, the time frame lining up with, like, the 1960s and the Watcher, and the fact that they were, like, literally next door. Right. And, and why are they all living with their mothers? So? I was just going to say, are we really concerned that he doesn't have a job when he's 60 and living with his mom and sister? It's not like he moved in to take care of his mom. But Abby, the sister, the Langsford sister, um, she was a real estate agent, so a lot of people, like, when this female DNA was found, they wondered if maybe it was her and maybe she was mad that she didn't get to sell that property. Right, it's probably a pretty good um, sell and a commission for her to get that. Right. And if the Woodses lived there for 23 years, they would have known each other pretty well. Oh, I forgot to mention that Michael also was like shockingly he went into people's yards and he was he would peep in their windows but then the neighbors would also backtrack and say oh but he's harmless and he does nice things like he brings me my newspaper every morning so it's like they like divulged some information and then they were like but never mind he's really a nice guy like nothing to worry about harmless that's what they said about Mm. ted bundy (laughs) (laughs) pretty interesting i'm with you though i don't I just don't think it was the Broadduses. Maybe if they had capitalized on it, maybe if they tried to make some money off of it, but it sounds like they were pretty disturbed by the whole thing. And I mean, 
they sold the house for much less than what they paid for it, not to mention the money they spent on renovations. They didn't sell it to make a movie. I mean, the only way I could see it was them is like, they're lying in wait and 10 years from now they're going to capitalize on it. But it just, it doesn't seem like a scam to me. It definitely seems like there's some kind of creepy person. I'm really curious. You said they sold it in 2019? Yep. Have the new owners gotten any letters? Um, the new owners are uh, pretty low-key. It's like they don't want to be known. They Nothing's ever come out about like them getting letters or anything, That, to my knowledge. In the end, we're not really sure who the Watcher is, but we are definitely convinced it's not the Brodices. you need something yummy to snack on while you're being a watcher, I'm going to give you my recipe for my favorite chocolate chip cookies. You need two sticks of butter, softened, one cup of Crisco, one and a half cups white sugar, one and a half cups brown sugar. And mix that up really well. Make sure it's all soft and creamy. Then take three eggs and one teaspoon of vanilla Mix that up again. Four cups of flour, give or take a little bit if you want them thinner or a little poofier. One teaspoon of baking powder, one teaspoon of baking soda. Mix that up really well again and add, depending on your preference, half a bag to a full bag of milk chocolate chips. You put it in the oven for 10 minutes at 350 degrees and then kind of drop them on the stove top when you're done to make them flatten out a little bit. Trust me, the most ooey-gooey chocolate chippity cookies you'll ever have. So true. good. It's true. True story. 